helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. This is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is about Moses as adopted son. I know that there are many people who listen to this show who may have adopted a child or may be contemplating a adopting a child. Whatever is your situation today, maybe you have family members who have adopted children. This is a show that is a must listen to because we're going to be looking at the story of Moses, Moses as an adopted son, and we will be shedding some light on adoption, some of the things that you should keep in mind uh, if you have an adopted child and some of what to some of uh, ways to overcome challenges that is part of any family. And so today, without further ado, I also want to welcome my co-host, Melissa Wagat. Melissa, welcome to uh, today's show. I'm very excited to talk about this topic of adoption using the story of Moses. Mm -hmm. And it's so convenient that we have this laid out for us in the Bible. And as you said, we're going to go through this story and hopefully come up with um, a bit of awareness for people who um, are in situations where they have adopted children or are considering it. Um, and also bring to light maybe some things that they can keep an eye out for. And if they're seeing it within their own families, how they can go about working through those things. Because no matter how your family's made up, you may face some challenges along the way. And the big point is just being aware of things. So hopefully you can address them before those issues become potentially bigger than they need to be. Yes, and I think this is one of the shows that I think it's going to be very practical and very applicable uh, to people who find themselves in a position where they they have an adopted child or they're thinking of adoption. And I think it might be worthwhile today for us to look at the text that we're uh, we're basing this show on that shows uh, how we are we are seeing Moses in this light. And it's from Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 to 8, where this text is taken from. And we know the story very well. I won't read uh, all of it. But uh, it, a part of that text says that, Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go to get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took so the woman took and the, took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So we see a process there taking place, an exchange from uh, the birth mother to the adoptive mother, uh, a process that uh, was sort of coincidental in, in this, in this uh, story. 
But if we look at it in a more detailed way, we could say that as far as Pharaoh's daughter is concerned, this was an answer to her prayer. Uh, those of us who study the historical background of this text knows that uh, uh, this Pharaoh's daughter was next in line for the throne, but she had a dilemma because she could not ascend to the throne unless she had a child or a husband, and she had neither in in at the point where this this uh, story is is taking place. And so here she was; she was having a ritual bath, and uh, history tells us that her name was Ashepsus. And she was having this ritual bath, maybe uh, thinking about her dilemma that she was in. And as she was there, this basket came floating up with the baby, with a baby in it. And so she must have seen this as a direct answer to her prayer. And so she set the process in place to adopt this child as her own. As her own. Mm-hmm. And so she she sees this baby in the basket. As you say, it's an answer to her prayer. But she's still faced with this dilemma Mm -hmm. of how do I care for this infant who's brand brand new? Yes. And here comes this little girl out of the reeds with the perfect solution. It's Miriam. Yes. Moses's big sister. Right. Who was who was watching this basket as 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 they placed her brother in the water, uh, flowed away because as those of us who read the biblical text know that there was a decree that every Hebrew uh, child was to be put to death. So instead of putting Moses to death, they are in this position of extremity, the situation of extremity, where they had to make a hard choice between uh, saving the baby and running the risk of being uh, put to death by fear if they didn't obey the law. And so the hard choice was to put this baby in the water. And I think that signifies the hard choice that birth mothers sometimes have to make because maybe of an unwanted pregnancy and not being in the position of taking care of the child. And so birth mothers often have to make this hard choice that uh, that Moses' mother made to give her her son, her baby, up for adoption. But in, in, the, in the case of the adoptive mom, Ashepsa, this woman uh, is overjoyed because now she has an answer to her prayer. She can be the next here to Pharaoh's. So it's kind of an inter- interesting dichotomy that's going on. You have this woman who's in this sorrowful situation giving up her child. And then this other hand, this new family who's super excited about this new person that's in this life. So there's this dichotomy sometimes that happens. And I think we're going to spend some time looking at the adoptive family a little bit. But before we move to that, I'm wondering if you can describe a little bit about what influences Moses's birth mom had in his life. Yes. I would like to say that regardless of what stage a child is given up for adoption, the the influence of the birth mother and the the, the biological parents are very strong. I know uh, some time ago it was thought, like maybe if you go back even say as far as uh, as early as five years ago, it was thought that if you adopted a child right out of birth, 
uh, then the, there would be no influence from the birth mother. But uh, new studies that are being done, what is called fetal origin studies, are showing that babies are influenced by their mother in particular from in the womb. So the food that the birth mother consumes, the kind of uh, drugs that goes into the birth mother's body, the environment in which the birth mother exists, whether it be a tense one with shouting, yelling, and uh, a, a and lot of, lot of uh, fighting, those things all affect the unborn child. And so as the birth mother body secrete stress hormones it is sending a sending a signal to the unborn child as to what type of world they're coming into so i think it is now well known that babies are not born with a clean slate as we once thought so if you are uh, adopting a child it's uh, it's very important to know that regardless of the age that you're adopting this child, the child comes with a, a with with a, a history, even if you're adopting this child right at birth. And so in Moses's case, he was adopted right at birth, but at the same time, he went back to his birth mother's home to be reared a little bit because she was still able to make milk and the baby right. needed milk to survive yes so he had some longer term influence with his mom where she nursed him for quite some time the bible in history says so how did that influence his growth and development too i think his mother must have had uh, a strong influence especially in terms of the sense that he had that he was an Hebrew boy. And the, 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 what we came to know earlier is knowledge of his religion. I think that those early months in which he was being nurtured, his mother was probably singing songs over him, songs of worship over him. Uh, the Bible tells us that her name was Joshebed and that she was... Uh, uh, probably the strongest influence in his life because he had this very powerful and strong relationship with God. And so I think this came from the early influence. He never bought into the the the, the religion of the pharaohs, despite the fact that he was reared in the palace of Pharaoh and, and he was uh, in line to ascend the throne. He never bought into their Religion. He had this sense that he was somehow different and that his God was the Hebrew God. And I think this came from the influence of his birth mother. And so flipping that, what kind of influence did his adoptive family have on him? And they had a lot of positive influence it, uh, when you sort of extrapolate the experiences he had as a child and how that shaped him to who he would be as a man later on and the powerful leader he yes, became. Yes, yes. I think it's very important for us to, 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 to look at that and to reflect on that because we often miss that when we read the scriptures and we think that uh, Moses, as we know him, that he wasn't shaped by the Egyptian culture and by the the, 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 the family that he, he was adopted into. But let me say that as the adopted child, of Pharaoh's daughter, he got the best education that was possible. And I think it was that education that also uh, played a role in him being able to 
write the the first five books of the Bible in the way that they were written on the, the inspiration of God. He was he was a very intelligent man that knew how to express himself in in, in the art of writing and 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 uh, putting things in a way that's easily understood and could captivate the, the reading audience. And so uh, that is a legacy of the education that he got in Egypt. His mother, Ashepsut, was also one of the most, her reign is considered to be one of the best in terms of Egyptian history. So she was a very strong woman, a very strong leader. Let's think about this. Like Pharaoh had given a decree that uh, every uh, every Israelite baby should be put to death. And she had the intestinal fortitude to take this baby out of the water and to go before her father and say, I'm keeping this baby. That takes a lot of courage. So she had the courage to stand up to Pharaoh, as Moses would do many years later. And I think this comes from, this is a legacy of his his adoptive mother. She had strong leadership qualities. She had courage. And I think Moses was uh, what Moses benefit from being around a woman with that sort of strong leadership qualities. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. Today, we are talking about Moses as an adoptive child, adopted child. Sorry, if you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us at one eight seven seven. 544-3546 to get a copy of today's show or to um, get any of your questions about this ministry or our services answered. So, Michael, you described there this amazing influence that yes. um, his adopted mother, and I do not want to butcher that poor woman's name, right. <laughs> um had on him. Mm-hmm. Do we see any other influences his well, family had? Well, I think if we uh, we think about the the fact that as uh, as a queen, uh, her twenty two year reign, which began around fifteen twelve BC, is considered to be the most successful uh, empire Egypt ever had. And then you think about Moses' leadership, which is considered to be the the greatest uh, leadership that Israel. I'd ever had. I don't think there's any coincidence there. I think uh, her influence on Moses is very, 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 very profound. And I think God used that. God used his time in, in, in Egypt as a way of shaping him to do, to uh, bring about the purposes of God. And I think it speaks to such a positive impact families that choose to adopt children can have on someone's life absolutely yes they can really really shape it yes so in spite of this positive picture that we've painted here moses did go through some periods of rebellion and how do we see that play out in the story we read in exodus yes so we the story tells us that at a certain point uh moses decided that he would wanted to identify with the Hebrews. He he wanted to identify as being an Israelite and not as an Egyptian. And I think this must have been very, very, uh, very, very sad for Ashepsut because in her situation, she needed him to continue her reign 
as queen. And so when he decided that he no longer was going to be the next heir for the throne, she was again faced with a dilemma. And so I think uh, Moses decided to identify with something different than what he was trained up to identify with. And I've often seen, I've often had uh, uh, people, clients who come before me with in a dilemma because the, the child that they've adopted and trained in a certain way has now decided that they don't want to identify with any of these things that the adopted family, adoptive family has raised them in. And I think Moses' case is very similar to that. He chose a different identity. And it's not unusual for children to want to find their own identity. But I think in the case of adoptive adopted children, there is this lingering question in the background of their mind, who am I? Where do I belong? As a matter of fact, research that has been done with uh, with people who are adopted even before they knew that they were adopted, when they were told, they were not surprised. Many of them said, I have often had a feeling that I I am different. I have often had a feeling that despite the love and everything that was showered on me in this family, that somehow I didn't belong here. And sometimes it is that feeling of not belonging that leads to rebellion, uh, where you have uh, sometimes adoptive children uh, adopted children going into gangs and so forth. And I'm not saying this is in all the case, but statistics does show that while adoptees make up just 2 to 3% of the population, uh, they represent 30 to 40% of those children who are in special schools, uh, juvenile hall, residential treatment centers, and so forth, and that they have a higher incidence of uh, delinquency and sexual promiscuity. So this is not to say that every adoptive child is like that, is going to be like that, but the percentages are higher than in the general population. So knowing their statistics, and as you say, that they're not um, meaning that everyone's going to have this happen, how can people who may have adopted children begin to try to break some of those stats and yes. work with kids who may be having similar feelings to Moses at the time of I don't belong or who am I or... Where did I come from? How do you begin to work through those emotions that may be there? I think the mistake that a lot of family make is to uh, treat adoptions like the elephant in the room that no one is talking about and the elephant uh, in the room that just doesn't exist despite the fact that it's here and we all know about it and we're all looking at it. And so I think if you have a child who you have adopted uh, it's very important to to begin to have dialogue around uh, that child's feeling and uh, do not treat adoption as a sort of secret, as a bad secret that we have to keep from the child because when it does come out, it's going to be more devastating. It's going to feel as if there is a secret, there is something wrong why I haven't been told about this before. And so are there traits? We talked about some of the feelings people experience. Are there traits that are sometimes seen in children who are adopted? 
it, it's it's important to to say here that we are we we run the risk of generalizing mm-hmm. and that not every child is like that. But when we speak earlier on about some of the the high percentage of adoptive children who who are in you know uh, correctional facilities and so forth, it's important for us to understand that with the adoptive with with adoption sometimes come certain wounds, and some of those wounds are there right from the beginning because that child is taken away from their biological parent and there is there is an attachment injury to use a psychological term that's created there and so some of those traits that uh, a person might have as a result of that we see also in the story of Moses we look at some of the trait of Moses we see that Moses had uh, impulsivity uh, in one of the stories we are told how he killed this Egyptian uh, and 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 so we, we we see also that let me just backtrack a little bit and say if this was in today's uh, term then he would he would be arrested he would probably be in some facility as a result of his action despite the fact that he was from a great family he still uh, committed this act of murder and it's something that we don't often associate with Moses but it did happen. We see also that Moses had a low self-esteem in, uh, that is uh, shown in, in the way he reacted when God called him. Despite the fact that he was trained and he has, was highly qualified, he felt that he was not capable to take on the task, even though he was from the very palace of Pharaoh. If anyone should feel comfortable to go there, it would be him. But he didn't feel, despite all the fact and the, the background, God chose him for a reason. Because he probably knew Pharaoh, uh, uh, the, the the palace, and uh, every, uh, and the culture more than anyone else in 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 Israel, but still he felt that he was not worthy. So later on, we see Moses uh, tended towards uh, being a workaholic as well. Still, his father-in-law Jethro had to step in to save him from working himself. To death, so it's a it's a form of an addictive uh, personality, I, I would say, and so it it as I said, I don't want to generalize, but I see these traits in Moses, and we see similar traits in some some adopted uh, some adopted children. I remember in one case where this wealthy family carried a child in, and they say we don't understand it. She has everything that she needs, but she's stealing. And she's stealing things that she has absolutely no need for. I think the things that she's stealing is an attempt to try to solve some wound that's there, that's some emotional wound that's unseen, but is still creating pain. And so a, a bit of extension of that, that thing creating the pain, do you read into um, anything into the fact that Moses actually never named his adoptive mother by name in the Torah, which he wrote himself. Yes. So that, we're getting her name, yes. um, yes. from historical do- right. documents right. that have kind mm-hmm. of correlated timelines. But it's yes. her name's not actually said in the Bible. Yes. And Moses wrote it with his own hand. Yes, and, and I think that that, to me, uh, speak of some psychological 
uh, denial. Moses must have been attached to this woman. She was a very good woman to him. And I think there might have been some sense of betrayal there. There might have been some a part of his life that he just didn't want to, to open up or go into. So there is no mention of his mother, of, of his adoptive mother, even though she had such a strong positive influence and such a love for him, even though she saved him from the Nile, he did not mention her name once. And so it's not unusual for people to have compartments of their lives that are locked away in a like a black box somewhere that they just don't go into because to go there is too painful. And so sometimes for adoptive adopted children, they have that portion of their life that uh, sometimes they they just don't want to look at because it's too painful and it, it's just uh, something that brings a lot of unpleasant emotions with it so they don't go there. Moses uh, typified that in the fact that he didn't name his birth mother. And so we talked a little bit about, I have two, two last questions. The, the Elephant in the room being talking about the child being adopted. So my first question is, when should you tell children? And the second question is, what hope do you want to share with families who have adoptive children or thinking about adoption? Because it can be quite a blessing in your life. Absolutely. And so what hope would you like to give to them or kids who are adopted themselves? So the first part of the question, when should you tell the adoptive child? Uh, some experts say between age two and four, as soon as they... The, uh, the child is able to understand what adoption means and that you should introduce that concept of adoption even by storytelling and by talking to the child as, as, as early as possible. Other experts say between the age of six to eight, when the child has, has found, has formed a strong bond with the with the family, with the adoptive family. And so I think I, I would say, you know, in those early years are the best time to tell a child. If you have, if you're listening and you have gone past that, I think the best, the next best time is now. Because if you leave this, uh, just something that you, you don't talk about, eventually the child might find out and might feel betrayed as if there, there's some big secret has been kept from them and it doesn't have, it's not a dark secret. And so lastly, what, what hope do you want to leave for these families or encouragement if well, they're let, in this? You know, let me say, if you, if, if you are raising an uh, adopted child, it's important to take from the story of Moses that your work is not in vain. Despite the fact that you might go through hard times, there might be periods of rebellion and so forth. Uh, in the case of Moses, we see that he did turn out to be one of the most influential leaders of all time. And this, as we have said in the first part of the earlier on in the show, is by no small part due to the, the, the influence of his adoptive mom. And so adoptive parents uh, can play a very vital role in shaping people, shaping children for a great future. I would just like to say that it's very important to deal with those emotions. So if you're adopting if you are adopting or have adopted a child, it's important to talk with that child about their feelings, about 
at the about being adopted and and uh, you know things that they might struggle with knowing that they are adoptive don't treat it as an elephant in the room talk about feelings explore feelings get help because despite your best effort you might need to have that child sit with someone so that they can explore this issue of being adopted more more deeply because adoption comes with uh, a cost because you they are in fact uh, broken that bond with a biological parent and they might need help to deal with that so it's so great to explore this topic with you michael i love when you pick apart these stories from the bible and if you have any questions about today's show we always encourage you to call us at one 544 we can always find out more information at our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And thank you very much, Melissa, for your wonderful question. If you have any, if if you're listening to this show and you have any questions, uh, please feel free to give us a call at the, the numbers that were just given, one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, or at our website at elimcounselingministry.com. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.